electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Good Wednesday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer and David Faber. Stocks are trying to stabilize after four days of losses. The S&P with the lowest close since October, now 10% off the highs. Ukraine's in focus as diplomacy takes a backseat to sanctions, and the VIX still near 28. Our roadmap begins with stocks bouncing back a day after the S&P did close in correction territory, and those escalating tensions uh, mean oil touching the highest level since 2014. Plus, in this show, we are going to hear from Goldman Sachs' CEO, David Solomon. He's talking everything from the market volatility and Russia sanctions. Oh, and a lot more than that. And Elon Musk telling CNBC he would, quote, do the right thing if invited to speak at the White House after accusing the administration of ignoring Tesla while favoring legacy automakers. Got to start, though, with the market bounce back a day after the White House did announce those new sanctions on Russia, Jim. Uh, today, this morning, it's B of A, who suggests maybe... I don't know. Could this turn into a regional story over the medium term? Well, that's what I've been looking for. I was with uh, David Solomon this morning, CEO of Goldman Sachs, and I just don't get the sense that the sanctions, if there's been, or at least even this whole tone of sanction, is anything to deter uh, Putin. It seems more of a, uh, a sense of, look, this could be more to come. But right now, uh, it's not like 1997. Dave, remember 1997 when if they did two banks. If they shut down two banks and threatened to do more, the ruble would crash, the market would crash, and the Russians would be at their knees. We're not at that market anymore. No. Well, 97, right. Russia did crash. Right. I'm yeah. saying that that's the difference. I mean, now you got a, a well-off Russia uh, geared by a tremendous oil wealth. Yes. And uh, the balance of payments is much better. And as a matter of fact, financially, you could even target uh, individuals and banks that won't matter that much. Uh, that is what... Experts do say that Putin has been able to do. Expert. I'm not an expert on well, this, on, you but know that the he's capital been able to insulate his his right. country to a certain Thank extent you. from that's, sanctions. That's my point. And so they will not bite quite as hard as they might otherwise have. That doesn't mean that they aren't going to have an impact, though. No, but I do think that when you start, you go back to what Carl said. I mean, the idea that this could be a regional conflict, well, that's what's really been missing this whole time. I mean, the idea, you know, look, we had an absolutely tremendous interview by Brian Sullivan with Governor Perry, Secretary Perry, Perry, mm-hmm. it's P-E-E-R-Y, I'm from Philly. Yeah. And, uh, and Carl, he was talking about how Russia's economy is smaller in Texas. This is obvious, obviously, this is a very important issue. But when compared to China and Taiwan and what could happen, that's not regional. That's international. All right. Uh, a lot of discussion this morning about what next steps could be, uh, export controls, which would, in fact, deny them some, uh, some revenue from crude. Actually, yeah. I think it's uh, JPM this morning. Their base case, Jim, is more escalation, but a deal with Iran. Brent averages 110 in Q2, 100 in Q3. Oil stocks have declined, uh, which some people think takes off the 130 
uh, price target. I have to tell you that when you look at the oil companies, they're new oil companies. There was a terrific note uh, by uh, Piper upgrading Marathon, Marathon today. and then telling you how good Devon is. I would uh, urge people to, to know that there's a meeting coming up, Chevron in March. The, these companies are acting like consumer product companies. You know, in the old days, I remember speaking to uh, the late, great, I thought, Aubrey McClendon. And he used to say, here's the marketing department of the oil companies. Pump as much as you can. Now it's like, David, the marketing company is, hey, you know what? Maybe hold back a little. Maybe yeah. Give the shareholders something. You know, it's funny, though, in conversations with uh, market participants, it seems as though they're more concerned by the Fed's plans for quantitative tightening the, oh, than they are. Companies. No, no. In general. I'm talking about asset managers. Oh, yeah, more concerned no, for what no. the impact of, of QT is going to be on the market right. and obviously the... Uh, what we all expect will be a rise in interest rates over uh, starting in March than they are from the overall impact of potential hostilities. I agree with look, uh, Goldman. Uh, you know, now, energy markets certainly are going to suffer, but when you talk about the broader market right now, there's a lot of concern about what it's going to mean when they start taking $100 billion out, whatever it is, a month or whatever number you want to throw out there, I think it's important. There, I mean, Solomon's looking for a 25, 725 basis point hikes. I mean, when you do that and you stop buying and you start selling bonds, well, what you get is what's been happening since November. Uh, the market, if you look at, at uh, the period of 2015, 2016, when Yellen said, OK, here it goes, when she was Fed chief, the market cut many big stocks uh, that were uh, of the high multiple range, but to earnings, uh, cut them 30 percent. We have a lot of companies still, and they are companies that are selling at 30 times sales. And a lot of companies have no sales. We have a lot fewer of them, though, Jim, than we did. We made and they're no we longer 50 we, times. Yeah, three we created ago. 600 stocks. No, you're right. We created I mean, 600 a lot stocks. Of these guys who are growth investors are sort of going, "Oh my, I didn't know that could happen." Right. Well, you know, David, these spacs. But it has happened. SPACs. You always want to come back to the spacs. What, no, what about what about Adobe? What about Cisco, what Salesforce, about PayPal, what about the- Salesforce? Those are not SPACs. What Those are enormously crypto companies whose multiples have been cut by a third. Palo Alto was down 100 from the top. 33%. Advanced Micro had been down um, 30%. And by the way, past Intel in market valuation. Right. Oh, Wait, uh, AMD's bigger than Intel. Today. Right yeah. now, yeah, as it's we like, speak. It's like you're better than U.S. Steel. That's, no. that's a big deal. Okay, that's what matters is, That's yes. like when Schwab High passed Merrill Lynch. Well, look, I told you that in 2015, when she, uh, Yellen said, in late summer and early fall, we're going to raise rates, and you saw Salesforce plummet, not unlike what's happening now. Maybe it's a little more severe, but I just think when you look at the IPOs, remember the IPO market? Remember the SPAC market? They went away. I mean, it was one of these I, I, it, I quizzed David Solomon. I'm from Goldman. Now I've hyped this interview twice. Uh, <laughs> is, is it, where are the deals? Where are the deals? And he's trying to show me that the rest of, the, of, of what they do is, is going to shine. But I would point out that this severe multiple contraction has front run the rating, rate hikes. Now, there's always going to be people who live under rocks who didn't know that there was going to be rate hikes, and they're going to sell again. Except for this time, because of the tremendous decline, people are going to buy yeah. So it sounds like you, well, you've talked about Jensen Wong's March speech, and once we get a Fed meeting, you think there might be more clarity, and that's your opportunity. Yeah, clarity's good. Uh, what about a shrinking money supply, though? What if it's just but, as simple as, like, buy when it's going this way and, and well, sell when it's going that okay, way? Okay, well, I, but I would tell you that, yes, stocks could take more of a beating, but when you look at most of these high, you know, look, let's take Snowflake, okay? What's the matter? It's a nice tie. It's a tie. very nice tie. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Snowflake, okay, is still a high multiple stock. 
But when you ask people what's the most exciting tech stock in the market, it's Frank Slootman's Snowflake. And it hasn't come down that much at all. That yeah. one could get hit. But when you look at look at right, Teladoc, look at Teladoc. Teladoc needs a doctor today. Okay? <laughs> needs a stock doctor. Yep. And yet, who loves Teladoc? Kathy Wood. Yeah, who? Kathy Wood. Could you say it? So I did I say it. it. I just, yeah, I she said She did it. yesterday buy Coin, Tesla, Zoom, Shop, Roblox, and Blade. If she had bought uh, DraftKings, that would have been good, because Caesars is raving. Caesars! Do you see what Caesars is doing? Where's They're the cutting, they're what cutting back the music? on uh, Caesars. This is Caesars. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's the end. The yeah. giveaways, everyone who got $500 to Caesars, that game's over. And I think you buy DraftKings on it. And that's a Kathy Wood stock, so I have something positive to say. Right. I'm not just negative. I'm not right. a negativist. But Palantir. Woo! Palantir. She did sell more Palantir. Uh, that's the one Palantir. thing she did not buy yesterday. Yeah, um, she got that wrong. All right. All of which leaves me wondering... So what do I do? Do I start nibbling at some of this stuff yes. that looks cheaper now yes. because of the significant fall in yes. stock prices? You do. Yes. Even with the prospect of rising rates, seven rate hikes, as Solomon told you, 25 basis points, okay. a okay. shrinking balance sheet at the Fed. I still want to nibble here. Because what? Well, because I mean, what's a normalized PE okay. for these companies? Well, and by the way, the comparisons on some of this stuff may not be that great, right? You had pulled forward in demand. No, the bear, I mean, you know, David Solomon, third time, did say to me, look, the capital markets aren't really as good as they were year over year. They're not going to have an up quarter year over year. They'll be down. Yeah. But why is Goldman selling at five times earnings, I ask you? I riddle you. I know, did he the answer is, is that because the Fed. Hey, I'll give you one that you just did are he just mention there's a Blackstone inside it? No, we no for the first time. <laughs> didn't you are just you may be sly, but so am I. But look at at Lowe's, okay? Mm-hmm. So Lowe's shows you if you deliver, and I, Marvin Ellison delivered, you can do okay. I mean, let's go over it. So how did they do? U.S. comps for Lowe's five point one. Now how, Home Depot was seven point six. Yeah. But after that, gross margins declining. Home Depot. You know how much we care about margins, David. Uh, Mar- Marvin Ellison up one hundred fifteen basis points. Pro is really gaining against Home Depot, really, really gaining. And, David, uh, we are talking about some two-year numbers that are just incredibly exciting. You know, Marvin told me, he said, this is just uh, really, you know, look, the trends are so promising, raising our guidance in sales, raising guidance. So much better than yesterday. Income. Home raising, Depot shares got shellacked. Raising earnings per share. Yeah, with, mm-hmm. Marvin Ellison delivered. Now, of course, you might say, well, Jim, it's because he inherited a company that wasn't doing as well. Uh, I say, nonsense. He is doing well. Let's just forget about what it came from. This is the margins, which matter so much in this business, especially with supply chain problems. Show me that Lowe's is a superior company right now. A superior company. Superior company. With with comps at five instead of eight. Because there are other things besides comps. I care tremendously about gross margins. And for five versus what they would have done in the old days, yes. Marvin Ellison's, you got to go with, it's like Gretzky. Where's the puck going here? Well, that would be a uh, that would be an AMD Intel like uh, shift. I'm going there. Really? Yeah, I'm going there. I think Ellison has turned really? the ship. Uh, the fact that he has these pro numbers up 54 percent on a two-year stack. I mean, remember the pros go to Home Depot. Now, Home Depot Pro is look. Home Depot's not in trouble. They are a great American company. They raise the dividend. I'm just saying, if it's it's a two-horse race. You go right now with Lowe's. Now, I used to say that for years, and then Lowe's kind of I don't know. They went low. Now, Lowe's is high. And by the way, can we just say that a lot of stuff that is home-related has not done well, which shows me that Ellison's shining. You see William Sonoma yesterday? William Sonoma, uh, Best Buy, 
I also uh, saw Ralph Lauren even. Yes. And I saw Macy's not uh, Macy, stock turnaround the as the day went along. Reversal yeah. in Macy's. People yes. bought it at 27, 28. How the stock they feel? was up almost 9% at one point you during see, the course of the morning. CTJX? No, I didn't actually. That could be we'll home do, goods we'll and not TJX having enough inventory. After the break. But uh, it's a very exciting day because we finally have winners and losers. And you can go buy the RTH, whatever you want. That's it. Yeah, one of them. ETFs. Why not buy the best of the year? Why do you have to accept mediocrity? The ETF creators have said, listen, we want mediocrity. It, it's kind of like Roman Oresco. Remember that in the Supreme Court? He said, there's room for mediocrity? The ETF people say, listen, there's room for mediocrity. Uh, mediocrity like, like Solieri, right? Yeah. Solieri versus Mozart. King of me- <laughs> Dean and Mary mediocrity. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Hey, you know what? Beethoven really could hear the six. People say he couldn't hear. Nonsense. Because I, I had a similar disease. Oh, you did? Yeah, you can hear it. You, you know this. Yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, Beethoven could hear. Forget it. That Ninth <laughs> Symphony was all a He joke. heard it and loved he it. He knew every every okay. note. Bye, Travkins. If you haven't heard yet, uh, Jim's got uh, Goldman Sachs CEO David <laughs> Solomon discussing, obviously, the sanctions on Russia. Uh, we're going to hear that coming up uh, on Squawk on the Street. In the meantime, take a look at the futures here as we try to make this a Wednesday bounce. We're back in a moment. Every day, thousands of Comcast engineers and technologists put people at the heart of everything they create. Like Olu Shehi, a Comcast engineer who grew up bonding with his dad over sports. This inspired him and his team to create AI Highlights technology that uses AI and machine learning to detect the major plays in a sporting event. So millions of fans have a way of catching up on their favorite sports. Learn more at ComcastCorporation.com. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. This morning, I had a chance to sit down with Goldman Sachs CEO, David Solomon. And I began by asking him why, despite the bank's strong performance on every single line, would be uh, revenue, earnings, return on equity. The stock is among the lowest when it comes to our key ratio, which is the price to earnings multiple ratio in the S&P. Here's what he told me. I think people are concerned that the capital markets environment is going to be less robust going forward in 2022-2023. But we, as we stated last week when I was down in Miami at our investor update, are extremely confident that we can deliver over the next three years mid-teens returns for our shareholders. And we're executing our strategy. And our strategy is working, Jim. I mean, we're really, we are focused on clients. We are focused on operating with real excellence. And our strategy is working. But is it possible that last year was as good as it gets? And even with the strategy working, you cannot replicate what you did in 2021? Well, I don't think we'll replicate what we did in 2021 and 2022. There are a number of people that said the firm could never earn over a 20% ROE ever again. Um, And we did. I'm not saying we're going to do that next year. In fact, I don't believe we will. 
but um, it's a long road. And what we're really focused on for our shareholders is the consistency of returns over time, the durability of returns over time, and compounding our book value. I think book value growth underpins the value of a financial institution like ours. And we've shown over a very long period of time that we can grow our book value uh, on a comparative basis. It's very attractive. But relative one in five, to other ten years, you've led in book value. We've led in book value. Growth. underperformed three of the major banks. How, if, if your thesis is true, how can that be possible? I think people, and this is one of the parts of our strategy, we are diversifying our mix. We're adding more asset management right. revenues, which is in the form of predictable fees. We're adding more wealth management, which is in the form of predictable fees. We're adding a digital consumer business, which basically takes lending book, uh, which adds a predictability level to the overall mix of earnings. Capital markets revenues are hard to predict in every given year, and the market's clearly saying they'd like a more diversified Goldman Sachs, and so we're moving in that direction. Well, let's talk about some of the capital markets, which maybe people are concerned about. IPO market, there's only one small deal this week. SPACs, which were really, really lucrative for Goldman Sachs, seem to be dying off. At the same time, Russia, Ukraine, and Fed tightening. Isn't this a mixture that is too hard to be able to, even for the first quarter, uh, say that the consistency is going to be there? Well, there's no question that equity activity has come down meaningfully. I think if you look, um, if you look at the volumes, this is off the top of my head, so don't hold me to it right. perfectly, equity volumes are down approximately 60%. But M&A volumes are still pretty active. The backlog's still strong. Debt volumes are still relatively active. So I think you have to, when, when you look, I'd say the activity levels feel better than 2019. Okay. But not as good as 2021. And so... When you look at our banking business, our banking business does not have to look like it looked last year to be a very good, good return contributing, good earnings contributing business. And clients are active because of what you said. There's a lot going on in the world. People are transitioning to a world where inflation is above trend. There's geopolitical risk in the world. And so with that activity comes opportunities for us also okay. to serve our clients. Uh, is it an opportunity, for instance, that the president announced sanctions on two Russian banks? Uh, in the 1997 Russian financial crisis, Goldman very much involved, knew everything. Uh, these kinds of actions would be enough to start a collapse of the ruble and the stock market. It seems like nothing is happening and that perhaps this is an opportunity for your clients. Well, the, the, you know, the, market, the market the last couple of days appears to be relatively resilient in the context yes. of this news, but I would highlight that it's early. Um, sanctions, I think, can be uh, an effective tool to contributing to influence or behavior change over time. And so we're watching this very closely, and our clients are watching it very closely, and, and you know, we'll have to see how this all unfolds. Uh, we have, when I worked at Goldman Sachs, Russian clients that were very wealthy. The president's targeting those. Uh, you are client-focused. What are you saying to them? Um, well, the particular clients that have been focused aren't clients of right, Goldman Sachs, right. to my knowledge. Um, but we'll, we'll watch with everybody else. I think it's early, Jim. I think, you know, this is the first step in a process. I think the market um, was, um, the market expected something. Right. And I think they got something on the lighter side of what the market expected. But we'll see how this all unfolds. It's, it's early and we're watching it closely. Well, here we go. This is when their new model is going to have to shine. You heard that he said that the capital markets are weaker. The capital uh, market business is their primary. Will all these other sticky streams, like the consumer wealth business, be able to shine in a time when Russia and Fed tightening? I did not necessarily feel that that will happen, but David does. He did say last week that we're entering a period of above-trend inflation. Uh, that it's becoming a meaningful headwind to growth. Right. And you got guys like J.P. Morgan being very aggressive on spend. 
I mean, how much of the conversation is about expenses? Well, one of the things that David talked about, but part of it is going to be on tonight of Mad Money, is that there is a bit of uh, just endless nitpicking, that's my word, about efficiency. Goldman has levers. They can lower a comp very easily. And David, their efficiency ratio is far superior to almost every penny. And yet, that's what the whole, when they do their earnings and they do these yeah, fast. It's all these analysts, these ant alists. That's A N T ant alists are focused on. There's a frustration there with uh, with what they're being given in the markets yes. in terms of the evaluation. There's no doubt about that. Um, they're not going to see returns that they like they saw last year. He made that very made clear. That point, Nobody right expects fine. that plus twenty percent. Those REs are, are not something we ever thought we would right. see. Um, but it'll be interesting to see if they can finally sort of get that higher multiple they claim they deserve as a result of all the recurring fees, which he's going to mention time and again, of course, as they should. Uh, and, you know, you don't hear as much about Marcus and that growth. Well, that well, I he mentioned him. it. So uh, he mentioned it briefly. I know. But I said, when That's, is it going to matter to the valuation? What year? It's a while, isn't it? It's going to be a while. Yeah. What do you say? He didn't give you an answer. Rope dope. Yeah. <laughs> Still to come this morning, we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash. We'll count down to the opening bell. A lot of names to get to, including uh, Space and Twitter and Toll and Palo Alto and TJX. Back in a moment. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Meet Gail. Her thing is being a supermom, and supermom has a lot on her supersized plate. <laughs> Ain't that the truth. But at Walmart Pharmacy, Supermom recently got her whole family updated on all their vaccines. We knocked it out during a grocery run. No appointment. That's Next Level Supermom. From pneumonia to shingles, HPV, and more, get no-cost vaccinations from an expert pharmacist where you already shop. Welcome to an easier pharmacy. Welcome to your Walmart. $0 copay with most insurances. State age and health restrictions may apply. Opening bell just about... uh... It's five minutes away or so. Remember, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. We're back in a moment. We're seeing nation state threats. We're seeing threats towards companies. We're seeing large supply chain attacks. So that is the environment we're living in. And with the more and more we rely on digital transformations, on technology, on e-commerce, everything that we do is now fundamentally dependent on technology. In that environment, you have to keep your stuff safe. And that requires cybersecurity. So you're seeing the, the effects of that. Uh, yet another guest on Mad Money and another guest for Jim, Nikesh well, Arora, Palo the, Alto, very strong today. Well, it would be the strongest stock in the market. And one of the reasons is because people felt they were going to be short because of supply chain. And that was just, I mean, that was not even an issue. It's very interesting how wrong the analysts can be. I would say that Russian attacks have picked up dramatically. And also what Palo Alto is doing is making it so that if the bad guys are looking at who's who to go after, Palo Alto is tougher to go after. Uh, if you hire Palo Alto, so they'll go after another company where they do a patchwork, a pastiche 
of cybersecurity and figure they can get in right. through that pastiche. So this is a one soup to nuts situation all the way from work to home to the cloud. And it was done by many acquisitions that are all finished in terms of integration. And Nikesh stock should never have been down 100 points. It's good. It's good. Yeah, it's good. You say it's good. It's good. Okay. Well, it's up 33% over the last year, which is not bad. Well, because Nikesh took a company that was really just a firewall company and made it into a company that is, whether you're on-prem or in the cloud, you're protected. Or, by the way, work at home. Uh, he had a vision, uh, and that vision is paying off. Yeah. Work at home. It's a great. It's a great story. Work at home, such an important component now of work overall, and will continue right. to be. Although yeah. David Solomon, to reference again my self-reverential situation, mm -hmm. said that everyone is coming. They're making them come back. They are. Yeah, because it just you can't There's do the a business. Big piece in the Times today about even how big tech is. They put money it. behind office buildings and data centers, and you I will know. come yeah. back. I, I spoke to a CEO yesterday of a mid-sized company, thousand employees, voluntary comeback. 40 of 1,000 people came back. 40. Voluntary. But he Voluntary. said if you go mandatory, he'll lose 25 to 30% of his staff. They will leave. Okay, so I and talked that's a to, key question. Well, I asked Solomon about departures. You know, this is a big issue. Bloomberg has a story today. If you depart, well, you know, may, you may actually lose some stock, maybe even invest the stock. Now that, by the way, David refuted that, said that's not the case. But it's very clear that the pressure is on to go back to that beautiful headquarters with a gym and a great coffee bar. I mean, I didn't get to the sushi. But, I mean, David, no doubt. I think it's better than where you are. Uh, listen, I do too, but we've been sitting here for two years almost talking about the fact that we don't quite get it because we're dinosaurs. We don't understand why 20-somethings are happier in their one-bedroom or studio apartment than going to the office. But that's the way it seems to be. They I'm not going to disagree with that. And in a market where talent is at a premium, they can leave. And All right, that's how the do you distinguish yourself? CEOs right now. How do, you just, how do you make yourself known in an environment where all you are doing is Zooming? That's Zoom. I, she bought some more of that. Uh, Kathy Wood, of course. I just feel like, Carl, when I worked at Goldman, uh, I did everything I can for the, to, know, to have the CEOs know me. We only got 900 people then. But you can't distinguish yourself. You can't. That was the 1870s. It's different now. 1870s? <laughs> it's only going to work as long as there aren't others with your skill set who are willing to do the same. I, yeah. I'll tell you, if I were there at Goldman right now, not, I would be there at 6 a.m. and be there till 7 p.m. And I would crush my class and make them look like Philistines and Lilliputians. All understood. And, may, and it may be a bit of a different approach in financial services than, let's call it broadly speaking, tech. Certainly right. if you're a software engineer, do you really need to be in the office? But what I hear from tech CEOs, and you talk to them all the time as yeah. well, is that they're afraid to say everybody come back. They are afraid. Because they're going to lose so many people. Well, and they, they are them. because there's a lot of people who moved to unbelievable yes. places. Yes. Now, Frank Slootman ran, got ahead of everybody in Snowflake, moved to Montana. So it's like, hey, we're already I'm, here. In, I'm in a better place than you are. Do you right. want to come work with me? But versus New York City, I mean, obviously, New York City's got expenses. It's uh, not necessarily. Or San Francisco. San Francisco's, I, I found, dangerous. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't or, I let the team know. go out there by themselves, even in daytime. Even in daytime? Even in daytime. There's, there's, parts of, there's parts of downtown that are rough, yeah. very, very difficult. You um, know, there was a guy uh, hitting a, a man with a hammer, another man, a claw hammer in the Embarcadero, and everyone was watching, and my wife went over and said, you stop that right now. I said, my wife's going to get killed. But she did. She got it stopped. And I thought it was great. She also lectured him. 
about, I mean, it was interesting to lecture a guy with a claw hammer hitting another guy about how that's bad. You put, it's different. Okay. Hey, did you hear AMD is bigger than Intel? <laughs> ah. uh, it's a pretty good open here, Jim, with uh, every well, sector green. It's about darn time. Yeah. I mean, the gloom, you know, when you talk about stocks now with people, it's just like every other kind of near-inching bottom. I lost everything, or I'm done, or, you know, Kathy Wood, man. That's what people are like. They want to get off an, on another topic immediately. Yeah. Even, um, the Olymp- even the Olympics. You mentioned Caesars earlier. Uh, yes. But Penn is not that far behind. Are we getting into an environment where... All right, we're going to start talking about how you're going to make money in this expensive well, industry. You have to stop the advertising, which Caesars has done. I read the Caesars as meaning, look, I had a lot of friends who gamed it. You know, you could game it. You could get the 500, take it out. You know, some places were off you know, 100. Or big. get the 1,000. Or what you could do is you could do one, and then you could have your wife or spouse do one. I wasn't going to reveal how they did each it. Other. I was not going to reveal That's how they did it. That's what a lot of people were doing. We didn't that, do that. We should have. We That's did. how people did it. Yeah. And you took the seizures to the cleaners. As a matter of fact, they got one hour martinized. It's really incredible. So they are going to, they're pulling back. I'd rather own DraftKings. Uh, why? Because it's really come down, and their last man standing. Caesars has already moved a lot. Penn Nat is, you know, obviously that's that connection. Wait, we take it a call. No, I'm just looking at something with Portnoy. Yeah, we know that with Portnoy. Yeah. yeah, Portnoy threw me off there. How about Sorry. those mortgage originations? How about them? Very disappointed. Yes. And I, uh, Toll Brothers was good. Thank you. But it's not enough. What? I don't know. You, uh, you don't want off. to talk about Portnoy? Wait, I threw you off by looking I, no, at a text. I just I went How to easily Portnoy. Are you thrown I off? went to Portnoy for. A nanosecond. Yes, I know. Okay, and then moved on. I'm going gonna, gonna to move on. How about that? You want me to move on? Well, I don't know. I wish you'd move on to M&A. Actually, I will, although I do want to mention Activision Blizzard quickly. Did you oh. see that they delayed Call of Duty until 2023? Yeah. Could you yeah, imagine well, if they hadn't done the Microsoft deal? If their stock, deal, yes, What would that 60, stock be down right now? 56 bucks instead of 80. Okay. Be at 56 bucks. There you go. Wow, that was a very specific number you just yes, chose. Yes, because that was where it was when I thought the Call of Duty was going to be late. Uh, and it is. And they have a $95 deal to be acquired all cash from Microsoft. But if this was not in place, to your point, the stock, we'd be talking about it a lot today because well, it would look, be down lot, And then you're going to draw the conclusion that obviously they have lost engineers because of the corporate culture. Yep. Corporate culture there, um, when you talk to board members and you talk to other people at other companies, they uh, question uh, whether Bobby Kotick should still be there, but obviously when you make the transition, he won't be. No, he's going to, yeah, he will leave once the deal closes, but that could be still many, many, many months, well, more than a year before that occurs. Yeah. Um, but just worth noting, uh, although, again, the stock is not going to be down because, of course, you do have that deal. We've talked a lot about it and the antitrust risk of it and the huge spread to that $95, even with the expectation of many of a long time before between now and close, nonetheless, uh, it was worth mentioning. Guys, in M&A land, there's only one thing that caught my attention, which was another private equity deal. It's Apollo. Remember what, Tenneco? Tenneco? Yeah. TG, it used to be, yeah, it's 100% used to be a premium. big company. Jeez. Yeah, it used to be a very large company. Do you remember? I, 20 years ago, I remember. Oh, Tenneco. Who was TGT. CEO? Dana. TGT. Yeah. Uh, forget who his name was. Yeah. But, like, it was a big deal when you get him on. 
Um, Look at that up nine. And but that's 100 percent premium. Yes, this is largely debt, though. This was this is eighteen billion dollars in revenues, eight hundred million dollar market cap until today. Well, Meritor yesterday, yeah. the Cummins, yeah. they're all being snapped up. All these little guys. Eighteen billion in annual revenues, eight hundred million dollar, and now it's one point six billion dollar equity value. Most of it's debt because the enterprise hated. value here everything's is hated. a lot larger. Uh, Seven billion dollars, including debt. Most of it's debt. And Apollo, obviously. I thought it made a lot of sense. Equity. And no one's going to block private equity. No. Uh, um, you can see where the stock was five years ago. I know. No, it was. These stocks have just. This been is crushed. only back to levels. They're buying it at They've back to crushed. levels it had last year. Well, you know, I think, David, when you think about MA, you should be thinking not just about Lena Khan. Okay. You've got to be thinking about Jonathan Cantor. Yes. Jonathan Cantor, a partner at Paul Weiss, is now the head of antitrust. And he was very pro at the, trust. At no, the, he's, it just is yes. very smart guy, not really in favor uh, of taking a back seat to necessarily to lean a calm when it comes to deals. Mm-hmm. I actually have a sound bite, David, that I'm doing what's called a call for right now. Yes. Of, of David Solomon talking about MA. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, I want to take a listen to yeah, that. I want to take a listen. There's no question that there are certain regulatory headwinds, particularly with certain types of merger transactions particularly in certain spaces, large cap tech. And so when you look at that and you separate that out, well, those deals are very visible and they get a lot of attention. The bread and the butter of the M&A business is hundreds and hundreds of transactions for companies between a half a billion dollars and $5 billion in size. And that activity and the continued consolidation across industries as people are trying to make sure they have scale, because scale's winning at the moment, they have capacity to make tech investment because in almost anything you're doing, investment in technology is helping you connect with your clients or delivering your products or services. And so that activity in that space continues to be relatively active. And Dave, that's like the Cummins deal for Meritor. Meritor is a very boring automobile parts company. It was mm-hmm. at 25 and you come in and it's at 35. And that's the way I feel about Tenneco. I mean, these are, maybe you have to start focusing on these beaten up stocks. You may have to. Uh, would you focus on the beaten up stock of GM? When they make, what, how many cars? You, you, did you see that? 26. Versus? 300K. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to get a hold of Elon. Elon. Wait, we're, uh, we should explain. 26. In uh, the quarter. Yes. This is what Elon Musk said to CNBC. He was referring to uh, the rather glaring omission of Tesla mentions out of the White House. Uh, he said Biden um, has pointedly ignored Tesla at every turn and falsely stated uh, that, uh, in fact, GM has led the industry rather than Tesla when Tesla produced 300,000 EVs last quarter and GM produced six, 26. Well, that was what you were referring um, to. Yeah, well, pointed. He's, uh, he's, it's accurate. It's so... It, it, yeah, it is accurate. It is accurate. And I mean, the, the, the administration is not including him because of the unionized... Right. It's a unionized president. Right. By the way, there's longshoreman talks coming up. You want to see what a union can do? Right. Yeah, I, I understand why he... I mean, listen, he's... I mean, come on. How can you how can you not include Elon Musk in the conversation? Um, I don't know. It, it is a peculiar. Uh, Elon Musk is a great. I mean, the guy's American. He's, you know, he's our team. He's our team. Well, he's a South African, but yes. No, but saying he's he does yes. it in America. Yes. It, he, he works for he, the plants here. A lot of people get employment here. Uh, it's been a big win, and it's ours. That's why I meant. Not, I know South Africa. It's ours. So, like, even though it's. Right. Union, Once again, we've benefited from immigration. Oh, yeah. trying to make a high mind, high minded no, point. Just, I, I can be high minded. Easy point to make. I have no problem being high minded. Pretty clear cut to me. Yeah, <laughs> it does. <laughs> 
look, it, it, it's an interesting moment because the president is perceived by many business people as on the other side of well, capital. Well, he doesn't have a lot of people in his cabinet, if any, who actually have business experience. Gina Raimondo. I hear that a lot. Commerce. People like Ginny Raimondo from Congress. She was the governor of, of, of Rhode Island. But she venture capitalist before Yeah. So but, she has some. But beyond that, there is, there's a lack of it. And that's disturbing to some in the business community, which you can understand. And, and I can understand why Musk is like, come on, you know, why do you keep talking about all the other guys and not us? Well, it, also, when you speak to executives, um, the president seems uniquely uncomfortable with CEOs. And I don't think that's uh, necessarily because he doesn't like them. I think he just has been very cloistered. He's not familiar with them. Uh, I remember when I used to speak to him uh, in the old days, he actually took some pride in not knowing about the stock Really? He was a senator for so long. He didn't have any exposure to corporate America? And as the vice president, too? No, No? he wasn't comfortable. That's okay. You can always get comfortable, right? say, hey, you know what, I'm going to make this a project. It doesn't have to be All right. like this. Meanwhile, shares of G are up 2.5%. You mentioned the idea that, uh, you know, is it a buy or is there an opportunity? I think Larry Culp is doing a super job. Larry Culp? I was you talking about G- GM. GM. Oh, I missed EM. I think G- GM is inexpensive. Um, I think that people are going to be surprised at what they're doing in autonomous. Like, yes, absolutely, EV, not their strength. Autonomous, I think, will surprise this is another example of the stock that people have given up on. And I think that's a mistake. Well, so, a big part of it now is because we, we don't know to what degree EVs are going to rely on the combustion business, yeah. how they're going to be run, are they going to trade separately, right? Farley's yeah. been saying things that yeah. are starting to broaden that conversation. I, I don't think Farley's going to separate. I think Farley likes the fact that you got a good dividend, that they're going to have some major, uh, major change. They're going to have ICE fund EV. And I think that's what you have to do okay. because you want the F-150 in, uh, internal combustion engine to be funding the gigantic plants that Ford has to be EV. And Ford trucks, by the way, we forget, that's the best-selling vehicle. Right. right. So we used to say F-150 enterprise value is worth more than the company itself. Uh, look, I, I bought a Maverick. It's a little, it's, it's a mini truck, okay, which I absolutely love. My wife already took it. Yeah. And you forget the franchise that Ford has. This was never taken away, and they've added to it. The Ford, the, uh, the electronic version of the Ford Lightning, well, just try getting one. I mean, there's, it took me a long time to get my Maverick. Well, is, you think that's why Musk is craving some attention? Because he feels this? He, he has, you know, the supply chain issue hasn't been that big an issue for Musk. It's been rather amazing. He has his own chips. I mean, no, he builds everything by himself. I, I, They've got to get that Berlin factory up, and that has yet will. to. They, you know, they will, but it's taken a lot longer than they anticipated. Well, there's some environmental issues. So there, there are. There's some permitting issues, and they added some things in terms of. Do you I think, think the that battery. they don't want him because it's right in the heart of a BMW and Benz land? No, I don't think that would be the case at all. All right. Just That's going to be very important for them. Obviously, supplying the European market, and you don't have to do it from the U.S. or China. Well, And by the way, page one of the FT uh, this morning is uh, Ukraine. And right below that, the only other story is about Volkswagen potentially spinning off Porsche uh, down the road. Well, look, Porsche is is an unbelievable company, and I think it's not getting credit. But we have this all the time. 
I mean, remember Pat Gelsinger said he d- didn't get credit for Mobileye? Mm-hmm. You know, this not credit whining thing. Yeah, but then, I'm you, go tired and, of then it. you announce, you know, you announce a split off your GE or your J&J. And well, you G- announce enormous splits and the market doesn't care either. I thought you're now talking GE good. Yes, I am talking Larry Culp's GE Larry making a lot now. of money. People don't like that. I think he saved the company. I don't even know if GE would exist if Larry Culp hadn't been in there. I mean, Larry Culp. No, I think, that's, I think that may be a fair point. You agree with me? Do you think Tusa's going to get the white whale, or is it just going to be nothing but call me Ishmael? I don't know. Yeah, me neither. I think I think they got to get that power division. You mentioned Intel. Uh, interesting, rare upgrade of Intel today out of Ray J. Uh, no price target, but they up to market perform, Jim, because it's down by a third since Look, the downgrade. That was a fantastic call. This is what we want analysts to do. He says, get out of Intel, and now he's declaring victory. I love that. That's exactly what. Right? Get out of Intel, which has been a good call, and now declare victory. His larger point is, all right, so no free cash flow for three years, uh, especially going into maybe an industry downturn. It's a tough call, a tough ask for investors. But we don't believe, it's hard to see how it's going to meaningfully underperform from here. Well, I think that's right. It's got a decent yield. But what really matters is that Intel basically said AMD has got this market. And that shocked people. And that's why AMD stock is moving up over Intel's valuation, because when you throw up the white flag, when you just say, listen, it's not, we're not going to be really competitive until 2025, what do you think AMD is going to do with its Italian city roadmap? I don't know. What are they going to do? Crush Intel, like a bug on a windshield. <laughs> Guys, what? we started off on, uh, on retail with Lowe's. Uh, oh, you well. mentioned TJX. TJX is down over 6%. Well, they don't have the inventory. They miss the numbers. It. it is a $78 billion, or at least it was coming in today, market cap company, one of the largest retailers out there. I find it shocking. They never miss. Remember your friend David Berman? He was always talking about Yes, TJX. yes, David Berman. Can I give him a jingle? Yes. I, I, I think that one of the problems with TJX is that the, we have a very non-promotional environment, so therefore they don't have as much inventory. I, and also, I think home goods. Well, you know, people are saying you got to get out of the Williams-Sonomas. You got to get out of home goods. I am still stunned that Macy's stock, after that amazing quarter, continues to go down. It was people funny. Hate it started everything. reversing. We had Gannett on yesterday. It started reversing then. He was obviously talking for the rationale behind their decision not to split the company. Right. Um, and you're right. It it it. In very early trading, hit a high of what up almost nine percent yesterday, and then it's been down ever since. Do you think it's mortgage originations, which were shockingly poor? That's a two-year low on uh, on mortgage apps. I mean, you everything's. Know. I mean, everything's almost everything's a two-year horrible. low. Look at Best Buy. I'm leaving. Best. Everything is horrible. I can't take it anymore, <laughs> David. I'm going to let you, you take it. About? No, it's all horrible. Nobody doing? likes anything. Everything's bad. The world's coming to an end. Ukraine. It's called Kiev. The S and P is up almost. 0.75%. Come sit down. Relax. I'll come back. Okay. My God. 10% off the high. We get a storm off the set. Well, you choose to do 38% of the stocks are down more than 20%. Thank you, Brian Sullivan, for saying that today. I got that. And there's a lot of companies that just, when something goes wrong, like one of my favorites, let's talk Vertiv. That was the first and the best SPAC. Dave Dave Cody. Dave Cody. I was with him this weekend, executive chairman. And that's down 38%. Now, that's a miss. Um, Supply chain. What happened there? They can't pass through price increases, supply chain issues. I know some guys who own that thing. You do? Not a happy day. 
Well, they're the guys who are walking that. off the set, right? I miss that. I mean, look, when you do 65 cents and people looking for buck 33. Man, I'll tell you, there's just there's no SPACs that can maintain. I mean, this was the one of the great SPACs. This I'm was early, SPAC. way early, way early. It was the first. It was the big yeah. Goldman SPAC. Yes. And Goldman has made, I talked about that with David Solomon. I interviewed him today. Um, there's more tonight. And, you know, the SPAC market is closed. Oh, my God. What? No, it's just some of these SPAC names. That, I mean, Well, this is what I was talking about when I deliberately walked off the set to make a point. It wasn't like, you know. Have you looked um, at PaySafe lately? Or maybe That's Rack, one of my favorites. I can't. R- Rackspace today is the only oh, other double digit. Please, yeah, please. Rackspace is not pretty. Why do By you the way, me, Apollo Michael? does great buys, but when they take things public, not so good. Rackspace is one of their big IPOs. Watch out when some of these yeah. I, when some of the big public on private equity rack. firms take companies public. Rackspace bad. Well, Very I mean, bad. We have as if there's going to be a there home crash. Even though the high end of Toll Brothers was fantastic, Restoration Hardware, now known as RH, is down 30%. 30%, David. 30%. Yes, sir. Wow, yeah. Seven, seven fifty. You're going to uh, stay seated? Back in August. You pulled me back. You, Every time seated? I try to go, you pull me I back. I do. I pull him back. <laughs> Quick reminder, you can always get in on the CNBC Investing Club with Jim. Sign up and find out more at cnbc.com slash join the club or use the QR code on the screen. As for bonds today, actually, it's a... Very much a, a data, eco data, free day, uh, but we are watching uh, some elevation on the curve. Ten years, just about uh, one nine nine. Back in a moment. Here's a look at the heat map this morning. Dow has lost about fourteen hundred points over four days. We are looking to get some of it back, but we were already off of the initial highs. Stop trading with Jim. Is in a moment. Let's get to Jim to stop trading. Carl, I need you to get to know the name Gavin Hattersley. He is the CEO of Molson Coors. This is the first upside surprise. By the way, uh, Coors Light and Miller Light above expectations. There's been a very big reorganization. A lot of costs taken out. They've got growth. This is a buy. This this is a buy right here, right now. Even for the doom and gloom, people are still going to drink beer. I mean, that's what they do. Matter of fact, when they're gloomy, they drink beer. They drink this beer. Uh, nice little div hike in there as well. Uh, guiding revenues up five for the it year. It's really impressive. And this gentleman who runs it is really about, for the first time, I think is about making as much money as possible with decent, with good beers. I found a bunch of them in my fridge this weekend. After we left, my son was home with some of his buddies, I guess. No, I don't encourage that behavior. <laughs> well, they left it for me. They put it, okay, they should get a Yale lock on it, right? A tough slot. No. Okay. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. They're in college. You're not going to drink beer in college. No. God forbid. What are you going to cover with Solomon tonight? I don't know. I got to talk about the actual firm. What's life like going back? And I try to sometimes I search for guests who I think would have a lot of interest in people. So I found uh, Barry McCarthy from Peloton. Wow. In his first interview. Wow. Yeah. McCarthy is a brilliant exec. Remember, he was at Netflix and Spotify instilled discipline at both as a CFO. Uh, those who are selling Peloton right now. I think they should wait till the interview to make a decision, okay? <laughs> well, judging from his recent comments, he pulls no punches. No, he's very tough, and yeah. I always scare, am scared when I meet him, but that's okay. That, I play scared. Slootman and McCarthy. They both, and Charlie Sharp. Quien es muy macho. Speaks everything. <laughs> yes, he's amazing. Polyglot. The whole thing, he's amazing. We'll and see he it. brought me back on the set. Yes, I was thank really goodness. Despair. You were missed. Oof. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. 
Imagine earning a degree that prepares you with real skills for the real world. Capella University's programs teach skills relevant to your career, so you can apply what you learn right away. Learn how Capella can make a difference in your life at capella.edu.